Welcome to Safety Spectrum, your environmental health and safety connection. This program is a presentation of the Michigan Safety Conference. For almost a century, the annual conference has provided credible educational opportunities and valuable support for the safety and health practitioner by offering 120 instructional programs, along with exhibits highlighting the latest in safety equipment, instrumentation, and demonstrations. To learn more about the conference, please find us at MICH, M-I-C-H, safetyconference.org. Welcome to Safety Spectrum. I'm your host, Sheila Eide. This program is sponsored by the Michigan Safety Conference, and our topic today is climbing the complacency cliff. You know, can we actually plan our work assignments the same way we plan and execute our off-job activities? Our speaker today shows us how such thinking can be connected. Our guest, Aaron Munoz, is Corporate Safety Director at Motor City Electric. Aaron has a broad background in skilled trades, working in hospitals, commercial, and the automotive industries, and was also appointed as a union steward with emphasis on safety. He serves on several boards and committees, including the Michigan Safety Conference, and is a speaker on topics which include safety, skilled trades, and culture. Thank you for joining me today, Aaron, on Safety Spectrum. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm honored. Well, that's good. I am honored as well. Uh, <laughs> when you're not busy being a, we, we're going to take this a different direction, but when you're not busy being a corporate safety director for Motor City, what do you like to do? Um, and uh, of course, um, there were things I used to do a lot, you know, kids, everybody, all that things, you know, uh, with the kids and all that, everybody goes through life. Um, and um, hunting, fishing, you know, all of the, the, the enjoyable sports, but uh, most recently is uh, rock climbing, uh, rock climbing indoors at the gyms, rock climbing outdoors, and uh, even ice climbing. So that's kind of, I don't want to say consumed my life, but uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, a uh, 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 rock climbing. A tad dangerous, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, okay. and, and well, just so is work. So yes, yes. So this is an EHS podcast. How do you think these outdoor activities or other uh, activities fit into the work uh, work world? They're so related. Um, when I first saw what my daughter was doing and her harnesses and things that she used, you know, she was doing rock climbing. And I'm like, you know, what, why, you know, who, who would do that? You know, I don't understand it at all. You know, it's <laughs> kind of crazy, but, um, and looking at her gear, I'm like, this is, this is not going to keep you safe. You know, how, how, how is this? There's, it's very lightweight. And um, with work, it's all heavy, heavy types of gear. Um, so, you know, seeing the, the 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 differences and the similarities is is huge and that, that relates right to everything then when you kind of look at it overall i mean whether we're bowling or uh, you know um you know uh, archery whatever we're doing baseball anything that you enjoy doing and you think about well why don't we look at our work more like the things that we do for our things that we like to do outside so many similarities well, how does that, you know, how do work hazards fit into a sport hazard? Though I suppose rock climbing does have its hazards. <laughs> well, again, think about um, baseball or bowling, okay? Um, so some people love bowling. I know guys that bowl, uh, you know, on leagues three, four nights a week, but they're doing it all the time. And what do they do? 
before they, they stretch out, they get ready, they prepare because they know there's a hazard involved. And <laughs> personally, bowling, not for a long time in bowling, I did pull a, a grind muscle. So, <laughs> and I didn't stretch out. So uh, yeah, so things happen, but they know this just like rock climbing, um, you know, or hunting or fishing, you don't just, oh, I'm going to go do this. You know, if you once go fishing for the first time ever and you end up out there with a pole, you, <laughs> you poke your finger with, with a hook. <laughs> Hopefully you don't go right through. But these, there's all those considerations. But if you've done it along, yeah, if you're going uh, base, playing baseball, you know you got to stretch. You know, got to be ready. I mean, look at those guys on the field. Boy, they are ready. They got the black stuff. They, they have everything ready. Rock climbing, same thing. You have to be ready. You have to be prepared. Well, how does uh, PPE fit into, how does personal protective equipment fit into these sports and work? Well, absolutely. Um, just our work and, and, and sticking with the, with the climbing. Well, just, just that one area. Um, our harnesses that we have for our guys, you know, they're heavy. They're rated. They're nice harnesses. If they get too dirty, they get ripped up. They have any problems with them, you gotta get get toss them. You get a new one, and that relates to just like your you know your attachments, where you're attached, you know your beam attachments, your lanyards, or um, you know your 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 devices uh, that are self retracting. Everything is checked. You look it over, but it's it's heavy, okay? Um, and and it's you you pick it up and it's like okay, it's got some weight to it. Um, yet now the outdoor PPE, that type of gear, uh, helmets, you know, glasses, everything, you know, the harnesses are meant to hang and sit in for a long time. They're very lightweight. They are, they have um, standards that they have to be in. Um, and I can attest to sitting in my harness for a long time. You know, when I'm, I'm getting ready to make another move, it's like, hey, you know, hold on, you know, my, tell my belay person, <laughs> take, <laughs> and he gets it nice and tight, my son, and uh, then I can let go and I can sit there and kind of figure out what I need to do, uh, rest and all that. Uh, your anchorage points, um, the we not only check our anchorage points when we get up there, then, but there are um, American Alpine Club and other climbing institutions that go outdoors and check these things all the time. So it's great to, you know, uh, donate to them so that they are checking those anchor points and things. So yes, oh my gosh, your anchorage, check it at work, check it outdoors. Well, why, why would the equipment be lighter and more comfortable? Because industrial fall protection is not made to be dangling for very long. In fact, you have to have a rescue plan when you are using fall protection. So why is the equipment so much different, but doing the same job? Um, my next expedition will be um, August of 23, and we have to hike in eight miles. There is no way I would hike in eight miles <laughs> with a standard construction harness. Uh, oh yeah, every ounce is a pound when you're when you're going on a very very you know long hikes. Um, you know, so you you hike way in there, but again, it's light as possible, yet it's as efficient as possible, and it's checked constantly. So you're not using frayed equipment, that's for sure. So it's got to be checked every time. You suppose part of it is because uh, when you're doing something like this, it's not an everyday occurrence. So maybe you're more prone to 
do these checklists. Like I hope an airplane pilot checks over the car, the plane before I get aboard, you know, every single time. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. And, and a doctor. Think about your doctor. You know, you go get, get an uh, operation. Uh, did he count all the, you know, uh, stuff he was using, all his tools? Did he get all his tools out of it? He didn't forget one in there. But yes, um, the, the checking is so important, um, just like at work. That's why we do the planning, the pre-tasks, the, you know, the, the, the job hazard analysis, the before we even think about going on it, we're looking at that. Then once we get there, you know, to the in the morning, the morning meetings, morning pre-task plans, the job hazard analysis, which is the overall look, the pre-task plan to review, hey, this is what we're doing right now. And you're doing that in the huddle with the guys saying, hey, come on guys, you know, do you guys see this? You understand all this? We're communicating, we're, we're, we're making that connection. So we so have that would to. Be, that, that would be my question. How do you keep people from being complacent when they do it every day? I use this piece of equipment every single day. How do you get them to check it out to be sure that they're following the procedures? Like you say, the pre-task analysis. How are you getting them to do that every time? Oh, it, it it's always a, a a battle, but the battle can be won with the. How can I say the relationships, you know, the understanding that myself as the, the leader of the, the pre-task in the morning, I have that communication skill, that communication, that trust with my guys, you know, with my team. They trust me, I trust them. And when I'm telling them, I'm telling this for a reason, okay? And if, you know, it's like, like, you know, Bobby's over there reading the paper, not listening. Hey, Bobby, man, you, do you got anything? Because, you know, here's everything we're happening. So it's, it's that one-to-one -one relationship, that one-to-one -one trust. But you have to form that, and we have to do that. Um, yes, uh, that, and that's the trust I, you know, I have with my guys at work when I'm, you know, because, of course, I, I, <laughs> I'm 62. So <laughs> as, as a steam fitter by trade, I've run a lot of work, and I've had a lot of guys, but We've always had that relationship. They know I've got their back. They know we, they have my back. When I say that, you know, we trust each other and they will do everything the right way so that things don't happen. We don't want anything to happen to anybody. And having that relationship is, is so important. So you can imagine out on an expedition or just on a, even a climb, we, we climb every other day at the gym and uh, indoors. Um, and it is essential that, uh, so if I'm going up a rope, my son is the belay, my belay partner. He locks on with a belay device onto his harness. I tie my knot, I tie onto my harness, and then I present that to him. My word, our words are check, check. You know, so he looks at me and he says, okay, you're in the top loop, bottom loop. And he counts the, that I've got the correct knot, two, four, six, eight, ten, 10, with your safety knot. And I look at him, I says, okay, I see we're both on the same rope. I see that I'm on the top rope. Your hand is on the belay side of it. Check, that's the check. So we've done these things right. But it's so important because there have been times that we do this all the time. And without that, they're, they're, I've missed my bottom loop. And he goes, uh, dad, look at it. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I missed the bottom loop. But if that would have happened, that's your, your secondary safety. You know, so if I missed it and I did fall up there, 
what if that one single loop would have broken? Even though it's been checked, it's been new, anything can happen. So you have this redundancy and that constant checking that we have to get everybody to understand. We do it for each other. How does that relate at Motor City? How do you do a safety orientation over there? Oh, okay. So um, every new employee that's been, because uh, of course we're using uh, my fellas out of uh, local 58, out of uh, local 17. Uh, so they come to us. And if they haven't been with us in the, in the last year, uh, they'll go through an orientation. We have our own safety center, um, which... Oh, we house all of the uh, hard goods for safety, fall protection, yo-yos, um, beam, you know, beam attachments. Um, and then of course, electricians where uh, we go, we have all the rubber goods. So, you know, your uh, blankets, your, um, your rubber um, boots, your, cause they're for electricians, for alignment, they have to have a, a boot over top and um, the rubber gloves that have to be checked constantly. We, either the, the regs say you got it like every six months or something, but we do it like every 90 days. DTE, uh, we kind of follow theirs as a standard, go above and beyond. Um, so then we come to the orientation. So if the guy hasn't been there, um, he comes to our safety center. We can take up to 70 people at a time. We try to keep it up uh, around uh, 30 to 50. Um, so uh, in that, uh, we they, they view the, um, orienta the orientation video from NECA. Um, it's a national um, video. And then after that, uh, they're um, given their packets. And in their packets, they have, uh, oh, probably six, seven tests in there, which are the fall protection, um, ladders, the simple stuff. And of course, we don't want to insult anybody's intelligence because these guys have been around a long time. So they go through there, they see, have the pocket card, they take the test. Now then, we cover because the video covers about 32 operations, um, you know, um, emergency things that will go on on a site and all, all of those things, how to cover them up. And, but then we review another 25 of those um, and uh, we, we discuss those. That's a person, a, a discussion with the group. So we have a physical person standing there saying, okay, do you understand our commitment? Do you understand your expectations? Do you understand ladders and all these things? And then after that, um, they turn it in, they're ready to go to work. Uh, they also receive um, all their PPE. They receive their, um, you know, their training cards. Um, so, so yeah, they, we are, we, our orientation is so, so important. And, and it has shown. Um, over our uh, five years that I've been there, um, it's shown uh, a huge improvement in, in. I know when I was at Michigan OSHA, we would get a lot of phone calls from the public. They were hiring contract workers or temporary workers, and they'd say, well, do I have to train them on my forklift? They already have their forklift permit. Yes, because it's your operation, your warehouse, your activities, what you're lifting. Yes, you have to individually train because I think you hire people for short term as well, don't you? Yeah, um, we'll be taking another, um, I think uh, Thursday and Friday, we're bringing another 80 in, 80 new, you know, from out of six, out of um, 58, but they are, um, they might be from all over the country. So there's going to be travelers in town. What about your veteran employees? Uh, how much training do they, I mean, foremen are always, uh, they have so much to do with the production and getting the job done and the timelines and the equipment and the product and all that. How, what's their role in the safety program? How do you keep the veterans engaged in the safety program? Um, the, the fellows that have been around um, 
are the most important because they're mostly going to be our foremen, our lead guys. And that uh, back to the communication, um, having them, they've got all of our safety staff's phone numbers. They can call us at any time. They know and they trust us. We trust them. Um, having that trust with the, 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 the veterans, but it's not just the veteran. Um, it's now you can have a veteran that's been around, you know, 30 years and he just hires in. So if he hires in, he's got to go through all the orientation and everything, but he's got to get that feeling that, Hey, this is what we say we do. And we're giving it to you in the orientation. Now go to the site and see what we do do. And that's, what's really cool. Cause when they get to the site, those seasoned foremen are following everything that we tell them that this is what you're going to see on the job site you're going to go through all these things so they see it and they're going wow this is these guys are they're not just they're, they're not a joke they're 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 truly following seeing what they're doing and they're walking the walk not just talking the talk so yeah that's so important i know you do a lot of work in michigan but you're also going out of state so that's got to be people have got different backgrounds different education so that's got to be a challenge as well and yes, yes, we, uh, we, we've just uh, acquired a uh, large project in Kentucky. I think we're looking at, uh, oh my gosh, I, I don't even want to say the number. <laughs> One of the largest contracts I've ever heard of. And um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, back to the right people in the right seats. Um, we'll have staffing um, available. We'll, we are not going to deviate from how we train. Uh, yeah, the orientation, so many, just like you said, so many people are, well, do I have to train them? No. It says 1926, the employer is responsible for training the employee in recognizable hazards. So I will not take, uh, you know, oh, well, he went to this local over here, or that local, or he has this piece of paper. I mean, if it's Red Cross, that's portable training. That's totally understood. But if it's, you know, um, contract uh, contractor X is, fall protection training, I'm, I'm not taking that unless it's nationally recognized. So yeah, we make sure we go over it again. So yeah, it's going to be difficult. And uh, our guys, uh, our linemen do a lot of work out of state, um, but our linemen are so highly trained and um, followed. Okay, so they have um, their supervision would be their direct safety person. And it's, it's very great that they do what they do. And they they follow, they walk the walk. So you're the folks that go when there's a disaster somewhere in the country to help out restraining yeah, the lines? Yeah, mostly East Coast um, and we'll go South, but not too, too far, two or three states South. Uh, but we won't, uh, we, um, Florida's really difficult uh, being going down there. We have been down there, um, but again, well, East Coast, um, West, we only go as far as like the Mississippi and kind of a little bit beyond there. How do you verify that the training is effective? Again, those are the questions in the orientation, you know, to have an ad question with the person themselves. Say, you know, so Bobby, did you uh, understand what we were talking about on uh, global harmonization? You know, oh yeah, then he answers those questions. When he answers the questions that, and you can, you can verify that he understands and, you know, the, 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 he's retained the knowledge. Um, there's a, I'll take it here, the elaborative rehearsal. So um, it, it took a psychology course and how do we hold things in our memory? 
and, and, and gosh, you know, and, and we knew, um, you know, well, somebody's got to be told three times before they understand it, before they take it in their memory. And you got to have all these tests, you know, if you test them, then you can tell it's in their memory. But there's a, an, a, another way of learning called elaborative rehearsal. It is defined as an encoding strategy to facilitate, let me try, I'll, I'll start again. An, an encoding strategy to facilitate, facilitate the information of memory by linking new information to what one already knows. So if I'm giving you something, this is why it's so important to, to connect what we're doing at work to what we enjoy doing, because we already know those things we enjoy bowling fishing climbing whatever swimming whatever it may be we know we know those hands we know what comes up then can we relate what's going on on the job and can we in our minds think hey that's kind of like fishing or that's kind of like hunting or that's kind of like running or whatever i do and if we think that then we can remember it because it goes into our memory and it stores it and it's I know as an older person going back to college and taking courses, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm really interested in this stuff. And like the psychology course, it's like, oh, I was wondering, you know, why do our guys do what they do? <laughs> um, we had a little thing uh, with my OSHA and Sheila was part of that one. Why, why do they do those crazy things? And then taking the course, I'm like, oh my gosh, now I understand. So it, it's, it's so important to understand the individual. It's funny, I used that example myself when people were complaining about certain personal protective equipment is uncomfortable and why and all that. And I would compare it to a football player. They don't go out on the field without wearing their pads, their helmet, what have you. Uh, and maybe when you're younger, you think you can get away with it. <laughs> and it is, but you have to also understand that it is difficult to don these things and then go out and do your job. And I also work with line workers when I work for a local utility. So I, I know the procedures that they have to go through because they make a mistake and it's usually right. fatal. So that's, so I think you've kind of asked, answered the one about a uh, diverse uh, workplace because you're dealing with a whole lot of different types of union, type of unions, type of skilled trades, uh, different uh, states, different levels of education. So it's interesting that you have this orientation safety center that kind of takes that all into account. And you Sizes, can take it up. I mean, everybody's got a different size head and body and eyes and ears. I mean, even think about your earplugs. You can't do, so try to think you can have one earplug for everybody's ear. No, we've got, I think, five different types that, you know, which one fits best, which one feels best. And it's so important, multiple different types of gloves, different sizes. So now when the guy sees this and he can, he's like, wow, they really did everything they could. So why can't I do everything that I can just to keep myself safe? And working with them and understanding that I think uh, even when you hand out plain old glasses, just having someone come in to fit them and let them try different styles makes a whole lot of difference in acceptance of wearing this type of equipment. I mean, I go back a long way so I can remember when a lot of these things were just introduced. And a lot of times for women, it was difficult to find equipment that would fit where it had to wear a scarf on your head to get the hard hat on, you know, then they came up with the, the twist on hard hat. So everybody can fit to the hard hat. That's the way I call it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the differences in people. So why do you think this topic is important now? Our 
environment changes. Construction environments constantly changing, but you know, um, globally, what's going on? Um, you know, individually, what people have going on. You know, what we've just gone through with the whole pandemic. It's it's, it's so many different hazards we're being are being thrown at us, and to have our our people trust us. That's that's the biggest thing to get by, and and how how do you gain trust? Um, that is one of the questions that you know. Again, back to the course. Um, and trust is gained by going above and beyond for someone. So again, by having all the gear properly and having everything we can do and going above and beyond, that gains that trust. So the guy says, "Hey, I trust these people. I, I can, you know, because if there's ever that time where you're you're saying, gosh, I, I think this is gonna work,' I tell the guys, uh, no, no, there's no, I think this is gonna work. It's either you know it's gonna work, because if you think, then that means we need to revisit this and let's go back over this again. I think you did say something like that to me before about if you have a fear of something or you don't think it's gonna work, you're probably not gonna succeed." And the way I look, it's a healthy fear. I always look at that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm a fat old guy, Mexican, going up a cliff. <laughs> I am terrified. <laughs> so it's a very good, healthy fear. <laughs> well, Aaron, do you have any final words of wisdom to, for us? Oh, gosh. You know, um, a few things. Like I said before, um, you know, about the planning. Um, you, we, we, Number one, we plan, analyze, communicate, and execute. So to have those things in our minds all the time, especially as a leader. But if you're, you know, again, you're, you're just the average guy going in there, going at, he's still going through that. Whether he's going to go out fishing or he's going to go out running or biking or bowling, you better not forget his bowling ball. You know? <laughs> so all of these things. Oh gosh, I forgot my shoes. I got to use those lane shoes. Oh bummer. Um, so go through, plan, analyze, communicate, execute. Um, also, trust. If you're a leader, you have to gain trust. Um, because as an individual, we do things for two reasons: to gain or avoid. So when you say, well, why did that guy do that? Well, was he gaining something by it? Or was he avoiding something? You know, he did it that way to avoid having a go get a lot taller ladder, you know. And I gosh, I'm just gonna you do this for a minute. Well, I'm gonna gain some time, you know. I'll get out of here before break or I get out, you know. So again, having those things in our minds that we always understand and we can always, it's us we, what can we do? So many times I listen to conversations or, or, or discussions at high level. <laughs> well, they did this, they did that. I'm like, but what did we do? Did we go out there and talk with them? Did we go out there and get to know them? Because if we take that step, then we make the change. And we're the ones that have to start. We create the environment we want. So if we can't, we're the leaders and we can't get out there and spend the time with them and get the trust, then how can we ask for a change in environment? I think sometimes we forget that people bring everything with them. 
to the work site, what they're going through, what's happening at home, where they are in life. And we forget that they're not just robots. And like you say, you can't just order it done and expect uh, cooperation. You need to gain you that. Hit it. So, well, I'll tell you, planning, analyzing, communicating, executing applies in all aspects of life. Taking the time to understand the hazards and what ifs and preparing oneself is a philosophy that I think all of us can live with. So thank you so much, Aaron, for your time. Aaron of Motor City Electric. He can be reached at arm636 at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about this conference, please check our website at mishmichsafetyconference.org. And thank you for listening to Safety Spectrum. This is Sheila Ide and Aaron signing off.